I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome, welcome. It's Robin Crane, and I am here with Irene Nakamura. How did I do on that? You did great. Thank Nakamura. you. That sounds like, um, it reminds me of like Raya and the last dragon. Like it feels like a Nakamura, Nakamura. But I think it's because the one that like deceives her, isn't that the name is like similar to that. I don't know. I watch a lot of animated films cause I have young children. Anyway, I'm here with Irene and um, I'm excited to talk about this because uh, what we want to get into really is kind of how, how to, calm and you know become calm and protect your calm in stressful situations, uh, particularly when discrimination is at play. And I know being part of this, I kind of involved in this male dominated industry. Um, there's a lot of that going on. And there's a lot of just in the environment of the world we, where we are today, um, depending on when this podcast comes out, we're, we're recording this right after the collapse of three banks. <laughs> and who knows what's going to happen by the time this podcast comes out, but it's just, it's just crazy. So um, I definitely need help with all the stress and to be more calm in this storm. So um, t- tell us, instead of me telling about their background, you tell them a little bit about your background. I know you're an award-winning author, um, women minority-owned uh, court reporting and, and litigation support in Washington, California, and Hawaii. You want to add um, another thing about you because just add one more awesomeness about you. Well, I'm also uh, a speaker and um, I'm putting together a, a upcoming uh, speech, a new nice. signature speech. And it, it talks about being common. It talks about, I'm, I will be talking about going for your dreams and who you surround yourself with. Awesome. Awesome. So let's jump into that then. Um, we'll get you prepared for your speech. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is uh, your, your prep prep work here. Um, but just to give you a little background about me, because I just like, like to be transparent, like I'm going through this kind of crazy place in my business where we're, we're at this path, like this crossroads of where we want to go and where we want to put attention. And um, mostly because to be again, transparent is like our, our Facebook ads weren't, aren't working in the way that they have been. And so I've been just kind of in this place of stress and just really trying to breathe through it and, and deal with this stuff, but don't want to disappoint people. We had to lay off a couple people recently, which never feels good. So I guess walk me through, I'll be the patient here, the you know one on the couch, but I know I'm not the only one going through having stress. And I think just as a financial professional in general, there's just a lot of stress that comes with it because you know, when there are bank crises and things like this and all this stuff, it's like, it, it's hard to not be affected by how other people are affected. So start with me there and then we'll just keep digging in. Well, first of all, you know, um, as women, we tend to confide in people, right? Um, and it's very important who you confide in. 
You know, you don't want to confide in that person that is always putting you down or making you second guess yourself or putting in doubt because you're already feeling this stress. You're already wondering, did I make the right decision in my business? You know, am I going in the right direction? You know, I have four different roads I can take. Which one should I take? Um, And you know, running those ideas and um, your your thoughts about what which decision you're leaning towards, um, who you speak with is really, really important. You need someone who's actually going to think about um, how they can really support you and give you constructive criticism instead of just straight out, you know, you suck type criticism, you know, that self-doubt that we all have. You know, yeah. we don't want that person to exacerbate, you know, exacerbate that feeling of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And so, like, are you just selective with, like, who you decide to confide in? Are you looking for specific characteristics? Or are you just looking for someone to be a yes person and just, like, make you feel better? Like, what, what I guess, where's the line between, like, am I looking for constructive criticism Am I looking just for support? Am I looking for new ideas, you know, and how to actually solve the problem? Because I think that's also a clarity thing, right? Because it's like, we tend to, I know my husband and I, like he knows to ask this because so often we have different expectations about the conversation we're getting in. And so he says, how do you want me to help you? Do you just want me to listen and support you? Do you want me to help you solve the problem? And I'm like, just support me because like he tries to solve it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I just want to kind of feel sorry for myself right now and get a little bit of attention. And then like, I'll be in a place of solution and then I can get your advice. But right now, like, no, just support me. So is that part of the process or is it really about the person that you're going to talk to? It's it's both, right? It's both. Um, So you kind of need to know where you're at as well, you know, and And if you have a really great confidant that you can confide in, they will usually know when you just to give them time to vent. You know, if you're the one that someone is coming to and they want to talk to you about it, you kind of can figure out, you know, this person just wants to just vent, vent, vent. They don't want any solutions at this time. They're just like frustrated and they just, you know, um, want to get it out. You know, and then but once that, that calm is over, you know, once you get to that calm, because uh-huh. you need that outlet, right? Yeah. So, yeah, well, I guess that's the question. So do you do you need that outlet and how much of that outlet? Because some people just like to complain or they like to talk or they like to talk about their problems. And so I'm, I've had this challenge where, you know, I've gone through a lot of personal development. I've done Tony Robbins events. Like, I know you can change your state in a heartbeat in a heartbeat like this. Right. And then, so what I realized, cause I now have a different coach. Um, so I started working with um, this prosperity coach and what she noticed is that I just, I continually make myself wrong. And so part of it is like, because I've been taught with personal development, personal growth to and change my state in a heartbeat and to, to, to focus on what's working and, and be positive and all that, that, I have the tendency to when I'm not like beat myself up when I'm not doing that, like, come on, Robin, like change your state, you know, and then I make myself wrong. And what she helped me do was actually recognize the feeling and be like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm anxious now. It's okay. How long do I want to feel this? Right. Because otherwise, like I'll run my pattern of just wanting to talk about it and vent all day long. So it's like because it, it does, it feels good. It's cathartic to talk about. It. I used to be a songwriter, I used to write songs, but now it's just like I'll just talk about it. So so I guess how do you draw the line with that of like how much do you talk about it? 
to what degree you talk about it. When does it become complaining and like it's just not actually serving you? And so that you can get yourself in a better state without making yourself wrong. Um, I would suggest like one, two days. Get it all out. If you know whoever you need to talk to within that time period, and then start refocusing. You know, you can feel like a victim for a moment or whatever you're going through. That's okay. We're all entitled to that. But now it's if you are a business owner or you are in the finance area and you want to uh, grow your business or things like that, then you know you have a little bit of time. But then let's move on. Okay. Okay. So how do you do that? What do you do? What are some of your strategies to get out of that funk or out of that state and into the calm? I, I just, you know, I get to a place where I've let it all out and now I can feel like, okay, what do I do now? Where can I fix this problem? Um, What is the problem exactly? And I can, start to refocus my attention on that, you know, and I'm at a place where um, we, you know, if you wallow too much in your pain, it's never going to go away, right? At some point, you need to take the medicine or, or work out or do something that helps you, uh, you know, combat your disease, whatever it is, I'm just talking medical (laughs) right now. But you know, you know, if you don't do something, and you just sit there, like if you have a broken foot, and you just cry about it all day long, and not go to the doctor and get it fixed or something, you know, nothing's ever going to change, it may even get worse, right? So um, as a financial person or person in business, you know, give yourself an opportunity uh, to let it out. But then with the understanding that, okay, now I got to give yourself some time, like, like, I'm going to give myself 24 hours or 48 hours or five hours of ice cream. Only two yes. tubs of ice cream. Uh, then after and then that say, second you know time. what? Enough is enough. And I'm I'm gonna have to now focus on okay, what's the problem and what can be the solutions. Can you give me an example of like something that's happened in your life or a problem or, or something where you kind of wanted to wallow in it, but you had to move on and like what did you do specifically to do that and, and to be less stressed and calm? Like give us the the specifics. I think the biggest thing is probably something that hit everybody in the world, which was COVID, because, you know, everything closed. And as a business owner, how do I, you know, how do I um, um, keep my employees? How do I not lay them off during a crisis, a world crisis? Uh, did I cry? Yes, absolutely. But, um, Um, at some, you know, after that cry, I was like, okay, I need to pivot. I need to figure out a way to, uh, survive this pandemic. And that was a huge, uh, a huge area. So did you lay Um, people off or what did you do? I ended up having to lay two people off. Um, however, we came up with a new process, utilizing Zoom, you know, providing services through Zoom. We revamped uh, a lot of the proceedings and in the legal proceedings, it's absolutely brand new to be remote uh, on a, in a lot of levels. However, we had been doing it in the past 
already. So it was just a matter of providing training. And so we developed training for the attorneys and paralegals and whoever um, was interested in it and the court reporters to help facilitate our um, to continue our business. And so we were one of the first out of the gate, you know, to provide moderators and technicians. And we just came up with the, these ideas and we're still utilizing them today. Yeah. And I think that's very common in the financial industry as well. It's like, I, I remember some of my early marketing was like, you know, basically talking about how to market yourself without meeting face-to-face or, you know, how to get ideal clients without meeting face-to-face. There was a lot of the without meeting face-to-face or without having to, you know, leave your home because it was, it was very unusual. And I definitely, interestingly enough, my clients were doing Zoom meetings and doing all this well before. I remember I had probably four years ago, this woman came to me and she lives actually near me in Tampa. And she was saying, you know, Robin, I'm driving to Orlando, which is two hours away, like five days a week to meet with clients. And I was, she's she like, I can't take it anymore. My health, the time, the stress, all these things. And her name is Melinda. And I said, Melinda, like, we got to just use this system. We got to use the system so that you don't have to drive that far. And if you want to drive once a week, which seems still crazy to me, or once a month, fine. But like, you can do that from the comforts of your own home in front of a computer or with a phone in your hand. And usually like I was doing Skype meetings, I mean, over a decade ago, back everybody was using Skype. Um, I know some people still do. I still do, but, um, but using it instead of zoom. And I mean, I had clients, I, I was living in California. Um, and then in 2010, I moved to New Jersey and kept all, you know, kept the, the good clients and was having my meetings on, on Skype. I was going to say zoom, but then I said, zoom, Skype. I don't know what I said. Um, so I think that like, that gave me freedom, you know, that gave me freedom very early on. And so I was always using like the systems within that. And then even recently I had this woman come to me and she just sold her financial business and she's starting a new business, really amazing woman. And she wants my help. And she said, you know, I need your one-on-one help because I need to figure out how to do this like succinctly from the time I, you know, basically prospect a client or promote myself to the time I close them in a different way, because I'm used to having the fancy office. People would come in, like there's already immediately credibility with these high net worth clients because of this, you know, visual effect and this, this immediate credibility with the, the aesthetics. And so I said, well, it's just, to me, I'm like perplexed. I'm like, it's the same thing. Like it's the same thing, but it's not if you're leaning on the, you know, in-person experience in order to take someone to the next step. And so, you know, she's really excited to, to get, even now after, you know, post you know, post pandemic, if we can even say post that, um, that she, she's like to have a system where I'm like, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't make any difference if we're meeting in person, which I don't really do anymore, um, unless it's events or, or, um, or on zoom. So to me, they're like, it's been, I think for everyone and most people would agree that this is, that was one blessing that came out of a horrific, you know, worldwide pandemic that now we were forced to do business from home, do business in a way that um, on online, on video, where it actually saves us a ton of time. So that's awesome. Well, tell me on a, a different note, you know, I know you talk a lot about you know, minorities and, and women and kind of the challenges that, that you've faced because of being women. Share a little bit of that and, and also just kind of some strategies or how you've been able to deal with that that might help the, the ladies listening. Yeah, actually, I'm, you know, being in the legal industry, um, even though I'm not an attorney, um, the American Bar Association um, uh, a few years ago put out the 
um, a statistic about um, women attorneys in the field, and it was about 6% of all attorneys in the country were about women. And within that 6%, you then you, you put in the different races and ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's even less. So you can imagine, and then as a court reporter breaking into that field um, and trying to get business from the old white boys club and, you know, a lot of those uh, communities where it's really, really tough to uh, break into. And that was one thing that was really tough. And I still um, face that today, you know, but I don't give up. So, you know, I guess my message would be just keep going and you're going to find those, you're going to find the clients that embrace it. You know, you're going to find the clients that want to work with you. So just because a client turns you down because, you know, you're a woman or a minority, you know, you don't fit into the, to the boys club. That's okay. You just keep going. Yeah, peace out next. Yeah, that, and, and I think it's not so overt, you know, it's like they said no. And we wonder, is it me? And we don't know all their, you know, misconceptions or predetermined uh, discrimination and all things. And then we assume it's something we maybe have done, but there, I definitely have women who have come to me and said, you know, someone specifically said, I want to work with a man or I want to, you know, something like that. I'm like, wow, that's just insane. That's so like old school, (laughs) excuse me. Um, But that definitely still happens. I, I know uh, someone I was just talking to um, was interviewing for my book, and she said that she read the statistic recently that only one or it's less than one percent of the managed money in the United States, I think it's the United States, um, are managed by women, which I thought was crazy wow. because we have like, depending on the statistics you, you look at somewhere between like 17 and 23 percent, something like that of women in the industry which that means they're financial advisors. I mean, I guess it could be in the industry, depending on, again, the, the different statistics, but maybe they're not financial advisors. But I think most of that, uh, of, of that statistic specifically is financial advisors, but only getting one less than 1% of the assets, which is like insane, which means these women are probably working longer, probably working harder, probably doing more sometimes, but working with quote unquote smaller clients or clients who have less money um, because either they, maybe it's put on or possibly because they're not claiming what they're worth. And what I've found, you know, with the women that we work with is that once you start giving them the tools of how to attract the right person and how to actually use messaging to compel their people to want to talk to you and work with you and how you, you know, we have a revenue accelerator system that I'm kind of going through once you have the right money-making activities and once you know how to capture ideal clients, like using a, a proper sales system that's not all salesy and fact-findery, well, then you can get those high high net worth clients and they need you and, and they need you even more because you're more nurturing and all the things. Um, but I think what's happening is without those the right systems that are aligned with women, we women, and I say we because I do the same thing sometimes, are selling ourselves short and not attracting those higher level clients who need us even more because we think we're not worth it or we don't have the right systems or we don't know how to do it or someone shunned us or shamed us or or um, shit on us. <laughs> and, and we just don't have exactly. the confidence. So... So, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's nice to say, keep going and we can do it. And I think that's, you know, motivational, but I think also what's, what's missing in the industry, at least from my perspective, I know you're in a different industry, but I bet you it's the same is, is the tools like, or are the tools of like how women can really grow their businesses in a way that's aligned with women. And, and it's not just women, I would say, you know, minorities um, and also 
you know, people who just don't fit into that old boys club, like you said, like the white old boys club, like there, I remember one of the videos I watched early on when I became a financial advisor, this guy was like, you know, holding his hands, like in the, the, the confident triangular stance as, yes. as you're taught when you're uh, like Obama or something. And um, he was saying how like one of the core prospecting uh, methods was to go, um, go golfing with high net worth clients. And I was 29 years old at the time going, are you kidding me, dude? Like I don't play golf. And even if I did, like you think I'm going to hang out with 50 and 60 year olds at 29 going like, here, let me try to golf it up with you, you know? And I do know this one woman who was in my program, who was like a professional golfer. I'm like, okay, if that was me. Maybe I'd impress them at 29 years old, but it wasn't, you know? So I had to use these different ways. So um, any other ideas or, or just things that you, you have as far as like how to cope with this or how to, what specifically to do or you know, how to get ahead as a woman or as a minority in these type of male-dominated industries? Um, uh, perseverance and, um, um, you know, you might have just try a different approach. Don't always go at the same approach because you might also want to, you know, learn a little bit more about the, the your target uh, client and see what is it that they have interest in. Um, you know, I'm not a golfer. I've been told I need to take golfing lessons, as a matter of fact, you know, um, but I, you know, I, I went to Top Golf once and it was fun. But, fun. you know, yeah, but, you know, I, I lost. Um you know, but there's other ways to get business and you don't have to sit there and do those things, but you can find a commonality and provide that. Maybe they like the theater, maybe they like uh, music, find something else that you can do that, you know, that you can do with them and then forge that relationship because most business is done with, because of relationships. If you can get that good relationship even though they may at first have shunned you because you're a woman or minority, but keep pursuing it and try different angles. Awesome. I love it. Well, tell them where to find you and follow you and all the good things. Okay. Well, on LinkedIn, it's Irene Nakamura. You can just find me on LinkedIn there. And my website is ideporeporters.com. And I hope to connect with you. Uh, My Instagram is Irene underscore Nakamura underscore author and um, looking forward to connecting. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And if you're listening and you haven't yet checked out our website, go to robincrane.com. We actually just redid it. It took me only five years. I'm not a perfectionist at all, I swear. Um, But finally, we got it done. And there's a lot of great tools there. Um, There's, uh, you can watch a webinar, you can get a free script, the appointment generator script, you can get an ideal client capture sheet. So there's there's a lot of goodies there. And you can kind of get lost in there and have fun. Um, And I mean, if you like, growing your business. I think it's fun. And then if you haven't, you know, gone through just the podcast list, um, I would highly recommend this. There's a good one that wasn't too long ago, how to throw your own referral party with Mike Koenigs. I think everyone, you know, who's been in the business a while knows that, you know, they love referrals, but no one really likes to ask for referrals. So I think that episode, I don't know the number of it. Sorry. It came out January 25th, but how to throw your own referral party. If you haven't seen that one yet, I'd check that out. And then one other one I wanted to to the clients you want with Natalie Jill. That one came out on December 28th. So just use this stuff. This is really very motivating and will really help you to grow your financial business. And we want to support you in any way we can. So um, enjoy all the free, free stuff. And I can't wait to see you next time on the show.
See you later. Bye. Thank you very much. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.